If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But as we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, forgives our sins and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins unto God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. By what we have done, and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. But for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his only Son to die for us and for his sake forgives us all of our sins. As a called and ordained servant of the word, I therefore forgive you your sin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The Lord is the strength of his people. He is the saving refuge of his anointed. To you, O Lord, I call my God, be not deaf to me. Lest if you be silent to me, I become like those who go down to the pit. Hear the voice of my pleas for mercy when I cry to you for help, when I lift up mine hands toward your most holy sanctuary. Blessed be the Lord, for he has heard the voice of my pleas for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield, in him my heart trusts and I can help. My heart exalts, and with my song I give thanks to him. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. The Lord is the strength of his people. He is the saving refuge of his anointed. In peace let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord, have mercy. 
help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to his people on earth. Lord God, heavenly King, almighty God and Father, we worship you. readings for this, the 14th Sunday after Pentecost, the Old Testament lesson from the 35th chapter of the prophet Isaiah. Say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with a recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. And then shall the lame man leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. For waters break forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. And the burning sand shall become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him lack nothing. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. The Epistle Lesson from the second chapter of James. My brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, you sit here in a good place, while you say to the poor man, you stand over there or sit down at my feet, Have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers. 
Has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he has promised to those who love him? But you've dishonored the poor man. Are not the rich the one who oppress you and the ones who drag you into court? Are they not the ones who blaspheme the honorable name by which you were called? If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable for all of it. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him if a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for the body? What good is that? And so also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Well, show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We continue with the singing of the hymn of preparation for the reading of the Holy Gospel, hymn number 846. Oh, my God. 
respect of Christ, of whom the Holy Gospel is read. Oh, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the seventh chapter. Glory to you, Jesus returned from the region of Tyre, and he went through Sidon to the Sea of Galilee in the region of the Decapolis. And they brought to him a man who was deaf and had a speech impediment, and they begged him to lay his hand on him. And taking him aside from the crowd privately, he put his fingers into his ears, and after spitting, touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he sighed, and he said to him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. And his ears were opened, and his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. And Jesus charged them to tell no one, but the more he charged them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done all things well. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Confess with me our holy Christian faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven, and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary, and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again, according to the Scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Our text for today, St. Mark's words from the Gospel reading where he writes, They brought to Jesus a man who was deaf and mute, and they begged him to lay his hand on him. And taking him aside, away from the crowd, privately he put his fingers into his ears. After spitting, he touched his tongue. And he looked up to heaven and sighed, and he said to him, Ephetha, that is, be opened, and his ears were opened. And his tongue was released, and he spoke rightly. This is our text today, dear friends in our Lord Jesus Christ. The Gospel according to St. John concludes with these words. And there were also many other things that Jesus did, which, if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Well, I suppose that today's miracle account might seem to us like just one of those things. One of those many other things of which John speaks, a miracle among the multitude of miracles that Jesus performed. You have the same basic players, slightly different story. You have one who stands in need and a nameless one. We're not told his name like so often. They're not named in these miracle accounts. You have the one who stands in need and then you have the Christ who can fill the need and who does. And you have the charge by Christ not to tell anyone, and you have the fact that he does. It seems rather ordinary, this miracle. And as far as miracles go, its magnificence probably doesn't seem to hold a candle to those that we've heard about over the course of these last months in our Sunday pericopal readings. It's not as sweeping, perhaps, as the waking Jesus in the stern of the ship, Calming the tempest of the Sea of Galilee with his voice. Not as breathtaking, probably, as Jesus speaking resurrected life and breath right back into Jairus' dead daughter. This single act today didn't impact nearly as many lives at one time as when our Lord fed upwards of 5,000 hungry mouths with miracle bread and fish. And so as far as miracles go, it seems this one today seems... Rather ordinary. But you know well, there's no such thing as an ordinary miracle. For we don't measure, and we, don't, and we shouldn't measure miracles by the wow factor of them. We measure them by the who factor. And so you ask the deaf man who now hears and whose muted tongue now rightly speaks, you ask him how ordinary this miracle is, and you know well what he'd gladly tell you. Imagine the impact our Lord's touch had on this particular man on this particular day. His ears, closed to the common sounds of everyday life that we so take for granted. This morning's cereal box popping open. Keys jingling as you find the one that's going to be inserted into your ignition drive you here this morning. The casual greetings that we exchanged as we met one another this morning. Closed all to his ears, and a tongue unable to give the right and plain speech and communicate the right and plain speech, the tongue was made to communicate. Ears closed, a tongue tied, but an encounter with the Christ. And how extraordinary this day would forever be to this particular man. Don't you think he marked this day on his own personal calendar? Don't you? 
Don't you think he recalled it often? Can't you imagine that to him it was beyond the breathtaking resurrection of someone else's daughter? Don't you think it was dearer to him than the miraculous feeling of someone else's hunger? This was his, this miracle, his. It happened to him. But this miracle, friend, it's not just his. In a way, this one's really yours too. Now, likely you don't suffer from sin's universal fallout in exactly the same way this man did by deaf ears. Maybe your hearing's not the best, but it's probably not altogether gone. And though it varies for all of us, you likely don't have a tongue completely tied down. You've got your own limitations, infirmities that testify to the sinful condition each and every one of us bears. You've got yours, I've got mine. We're sinners. And we bear the marks of sin. But today's miracle, I tell you, it's more yours than perhaps you realize. Never been deaf? Oh, but you have. Tongue never been tied? It has been. Physically? No, not likely. But spiritually? Absolutely, yes. Absolutely. And you know that that's the natural born human condition. And the cause, the root cause of all of our physical ailments. Scripture itself says, Paul says, the body is dead because of sin. It's the reason we break down. And so Scripture says it, that naturally our spiritual ears, they don't hear. They don't receive God. Jesus once said, quoting Isaiah, he said, hearing they do not hear. Naturally, our tongues don't rightly speak and confess him as our tongues were created to do. And so scripture says, no one is able to say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Sin stopped ears, tongues. Tongue-tied by our transgression. That's why the psalmist wrote. That's why we so often sing in our Matins liturgy, O Lord, open my lips. We can't do it ourselves. O Lord, open my lips that my mouth may show forth your praise. That's the spiritually deaf and mute condition that all of mankind shares. And you want evidence that we do? You want evidence of our spiritual deafness the world over? Then consider that with ears deaf to hear the salvation that God proclaims from his pulpits through his word by his people. Still, how many, as if seeing mouths moving but not comprehending a thing, how many ridicule and mock God's saving news to them? Deaf ears that shut the door to it as, it, as if it weren't even there making a sound. You want evidence that spiritually our tongues are muted to confess what's right and true? Then consider of the six billion souls that today live on earth, two-thirds of the world's mouths don't utter a single trusting word of the salvation Jesus Christ has earned for all humanity. Natural, spiritual ears and tongues need Christ's ephetha. Or they remain shut and tied. It's an interesting word that you heard Mark use. St. Mark use earlier in the, in the reading. 
in explaining the Aramaic word Ephetha. Recall what Mark adds for those who didn't know Aramaic. He explains the word. Recall that he adds Ephetha, that is, be opened. And the Greek equivalent that Mark uses for Ephetha is an interesting Greek word, dianoiga. And it means to open, but not just open, open thoroughly. The word was touched on in Bible class last week. Open thoroughly. Scripture uses that word dianoiga elsewhere. Luke records the night of Jesus' resurrection that Jesus dianoiga, he opened thoroughly the minds of his disciples that they might comprehend the scriptures. Had he not opened their minds, they couldn't comprehend what was written of him. In Acts, we're told that the Lord dianoiga opened thoroughly the heart of one named Lydia so that she could heed, so that she could hold on to the words of Paul. He's going to do that again this morning, too, for one named Lydia, one of our own little newborn Lydia Knephel. Like all of us, spiritually, she's unable by birth and nature to hear or confess Christ, and so she's to be this morning at the 11 o'clock service, brought, brought by her parents. To the font, to the only one they know, the only one there is, who's able with a little water, not spittle, but with a little close though, with a little water in his word, the only one they know who can lay an eternally healing hand upon their little girl. And Dianoiga opened her ears of faith to hear and her tongue to confess what her little heart soon this morning will already know and believe. And so you see. This miracle today, in a sense, the text, it belongs to you and to your condition far more than you may have realized. But there's another reason to hold this one so dear. For consider, consider how intimately personal it is. How many broken bodies had our Lord already healed? How many more were there to heal? Far more, John tells us, than we'll ever know. How many more needed his healing to alleviate their ailments, to, to cure their conditions? Christ could have wished this man and worked this man well from afar. He could have done it quickly in passing. It would have been well within his right to do each of these. For the Son of God owes no one his time. You and I, we get busy doing the things that require time of us so that perhaps we don't give the time, as St. James was telling us in the epistle reading today, we don't give the time perhaps to those among us who do deserve rightly our time. Don't you think our Lord was busy too? And even though this deaf and mute man deserved none of his time, note well and consider how the Lord deals with him. Christ lends his entire attention to this man and his matter. Not only... Consider it. Not only does our Lord draw him aside, as we're told, away from the crowd, away from the multitude, privately, Mark writes, as if he were the only one in the world that needed Jesus' healing attention. But some have too suggested that Christ's rather peculiar action of first inserting his, his finger into the man's worthless ears and then touching afterward his tongue. Some have suggested, in fact, that this was Christ using sign language. An age-old sign for deafness, and it well could be. But consider, 
How much more personal? How much more direct or tender could Jesus Christ be with this man? One on divine one, speaking to his need, speaking through his need, speaking in the language that he knows. Consider it. For friends, do you think that your Lord Jesus thinks any less tenderly of you than he did of him? Do you think that your problems are any more corporate? Or that's to say, do you think that Christ Jesus pays less attention to your particular ailments and ills than those of this man? Is his ear, Christ's ear, any less open to you? You're just as dear to him, just as near to him, just as looked upon in love by him, just as attentively does he address you. And mind you well, he weighs not just what's good for you. He gives you, he considers carefully, and gives you what's going to be best for you, and eternally so. So that at times he will remedy your ills through his medical or his surgical healing touch. But because he wants what's eternally best for you, sometimes he'll leave things just the way they are. So that he can use them to direct your thoughts heavenward. He cares. But the only reason he deals so tenderly with us in our present and and, and and in our future ills, the only reason is this, that he graciously dealt with every human sin on a day long past. With groans and sighs, deeper and richer than any language ever could capture or express, your Lord took upon himself your griefs, carried your sorrows, bore in his body your sins, required ruin, he did it on the cross. He did it for you. And I'm, I'm not speaking only of you collectively or corporately. I'm talking about you individually. Personally. For do you think, even if you'd been the only soul in this world that needed redeeming, would not the story have been the same? Lowly born for you. A life of perfect love lived for you so that he could credit it to you individually. Gethsemane's anguish for you. Calvary's crucifixion for you. And so picture yourself alone with Christ standing there at the foot of his cross. Looking on just the two of you in all the world. A sinful man. You a sinful man and him who knew no sin. And yet became sin for you so that in him you might become his righteousness. You see, it's that personal. His cross, yours. And the resurrection pronouncement when the early dawn resounded with that cosmic command, Ephatha, in the gates of heaven, he commanded wide and thoroughly open to you. It's yours. It's happened for you. It happened to you. It happened to you personally that unforgettable day when you were baptized into the death and resurrection of Christ Jesus. It happens to you personally, individually, 
Yes, personal, but not in an isolated way. It happens to you personally, with your ears now unable to hear, when you hear God's word preached to you, here with all the others hearing the shepherd's one voice. The sin-forgiving miracle happens again and again when you take and eat with others the sacramental food, in this his pasture, and we confess it with others, do we not? With one voice, what our tongues have been released to confess, right speech, Mark called it of the man ortho-speech, orthodoxy, that's what we confess. Last thing I'll leave you with here today. My wife and I recently saw a movie that had been released some years ago, a movie called Immortal Beloved. It's a, a historical fiction of sorts about Ludwig von Beethoven. As you well perhaps know, the great composer and virtuoso came to be deaf in his lifetime, a fact that he tried very hard to hide from the rest of the world. A deaf musical master, it's a tragic irony, but one particular scene in this movie depicts what it must have been like for this deaf composer to catch a faint glimmer of his most earnest longing fulfilled because it pictures him alone in a room playing from memory a piece that he himself had composed, his eyes closed, a, a contented and a slight smile on his face, and his head turned to the side with, with his ear, touching the top, the wooden top surface of the piano. Why? Because at best, he could only quote here by feeling the vibration of the piano strings in his deafened ear. How terribly he must have longed to hear it so plainly. And you know that well because the very last recorded words of Beethoven before his death are these. He said, in heaven I shall hear. Friends, in Christ's healing miracle you heard of today, you catch a glimmer of what it will be for you to realize your most earnest longings for fulfilled, for it will be. When, as Jesus said, all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth, then once again and for all time the eyes of those once blind and closed in death will again see. The ears of the deaf will forever be unstopped, then shall the infirm forever leap like deer. And the tongues, our tongues, muted for a while in death, forever will sing for joy. For now, you live with life's ear, with your infirmity to the piano. But then, in heaven, like Beethoven said, you shall hear. Your every longing fulfilled. And so for now, with spiritual ears to hear, hear it. With your tongues released to speak, you confess it. With hope undying, you expect it. For he has done all things well. In his name, amen.
give thanks unto you, O Lord, that you bid your people pray in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, through whom we have access to your throne of grace, confident in him. We pray for your church throughout the world and for all people according to their needs. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We praise you, O Holy Father, for the productive work which occupies our days and for the gifts and the skills that shape our earthly vocations. On this Labor Day weekend, during which our nation pauses to honor those who labor for the benefit and blessing of our families and nation, teach us all to be grateful for the earthly blessings which come to so many through all good and honest work that is done in our society. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Give hope and direction to the unemployed, that they may find work appropriate to their needs and their abilities so that they can provide for themselves and for their own and help those who are unable to care for themselves. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all who labor in your church, for all pastors and missionaries and professors of our seminaries and our colleges, that they may be true to your word and to the confession of the church. And for all laity who labor in your congregations and dedicate time and talents to serving others in their need and confessing to all the divine labors of love performed first and foremost for all by Christ and him crucified. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for our nation and for those who labor on our behalf, for our president and Congress and courts, that they may govern constitutionally, for all who serve the public trust in federal, state, and local government, for all who protect our property and our freedoms and lives, for soldiers in distant places, and for law enforcement officers and firefighters here at home, especially for the families of those who have sacrificed their lives to protect and defend the lives and the liberty and the property of others. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all who honestly labor in business and industry, in science and medicine, in educating children and adults, and providing the vulnerable and the weak among us with the care and the protection and the compassion that they need. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Protect and preserve mothers with child, the aged, widows and widowers, and all who are vulnerable, that they may be valued and honored by all. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Mindful of those whose lives are filled with pain and suffering, with grief and sorrow, we pray, O Lord, that as you showed your mercy to those who called upon you long ago, so also show your mercy to those who cry to you today. Accordingly, grant healing and peace to the sick and a speedy recovery to all who have undergone recent surgery, especially our brother in Christ, Max Vogelman. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Grant your daily strength, O Lord, to those who undergo therapies of every kind, to August Sinzig and to Michelle Sinzig as they undergo treatments for cancer. Be with those hospitalized, Ruth Allfeld, and for all who are in need of daily home care. Receive also, O Lord, the thanks of those who have had successful surgery as well as the prayers of those who prepare for surgery. And we pray for Dick Williams as he prepares for surgery this Tuesday. Relieve of all anxious thoughts each of these your servants, and grant the comfort of your presence and confidence in your love and care to all. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Receive the thanks, O Father, of those who celebrate occasions of your grace and goodness in their lives, especially today do we pray with Frank and Beverly Myers on the occasion of their 50th anniversary of marriage. Lord, in your mercy, 
Hear our prayer. We ask your blessing, O Lord, upon all who receive the sacrament of the altar today, that the divine gift of very body and blood of your Son may purge our souls of sin and sustain us in body and soul unto life everlasting, Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Gratefully recalling those who have gone before us in the faith, O Lord, and now safely dwell with you in heaven's glory, we pray that you preserve us in the faith and finally bring us to where they are through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be all glory and honor now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you holy lord almighty father everlasting god through jesus christ our lord who out of love for his fallen creation humbled himself by taking on the form of a servant becoming obedient unto death even death upon the cross risen from the dead he has freed us from eternal death and given us life everlasting therefore with angels and archangels with all the company of heaven we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Holy, 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 Lord, Lord of love and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. O Hosanna, O Hosanna, O Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he. Blessed are you, Lord of heaven and earth, for you have had mercy on those whom you created and sent your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and to be our Savior. With repentant joy we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood upon the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive, renew, and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood as he bids us do in his own testament. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us. To you alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and worship with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to the disciples and said, Take and eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do, as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Gracious God, our Heavenly Father, you have given us a foretaste of the feast to come in the Holy Supper of your Son's body and blood. Keep us firm in the true faith throughout our days of pilgrimage, that on the day of his coming, we may, together with all your saints, celebrate the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Receive now the benediction of the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious on you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace.